I, I can identify with that song that love lifted me. I can remember when I was dating my wife, and we lived together almost 60 years, and she had a grandfather who was a song leader in the church. And I can remember that old man, he was in his 70s, maybe his 80s, standing up, belting that thing out, and he really could sing it. And, uh, you know, it's also something that should resonate, I guess, with all of us because love is, is what lifted me, us, the love of Christ. Our key verse this morning it's Proverbs 15, 24. I'll give you a minute to turn there if you want to. It's uh, just a short little verse. It tells us something about ourselves. In Proverbs 15, 24, we read these words. The way of life winds upward for the wise, but he that he may be turned away from hell below. And it kind of gets, uh, gives you a little picture of people dangling over the fires of hell. And basically, that's what's happened to a lot of people, and they just don't realize it. Uh, they've got a terrible fate before them, and they ignore the Savior. And it just seems that more and more of the people, our people in this this country, is turning away from from Christ. And uh, I think it, you know, it would also brings to mind the the fact that we should be sharing the gospel wherever we go. Now there was a time when you could go out here and preach the gospel on the street and try that today. I've seen it tried in, in the past uh, few years ago. It was tried and it didn't work. All it raised was people who uh, hated the Lord. This statement brings to mind the question, which way are you traveling and it's a question that each of us must face squarely and must answer the question carefully in light of the Bible and in light of eternity. Which way are we going? Now, and I can always come to here and some other churches I've preached at, I've always feel like I'm preaching to the choir. And I know I am in some times, but you never know. You just never know. There's only two ways. One is the way of life and the other is the way of death. Which way are you traveling? If it's not in the way of life, it must be in the way of death. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 tells us, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. But we must choose carefully because Proverbs 14, 14 warns us. There is a way that seems right to a man, 
but its end is in the way of death. There's a lot of false doctrines and false religions in this world, and some of them are right here in this community. And I've had them come to my door, and probably you have too. And they think they're going to heaven. But it's really hard when you try to share with them that they think that they know more than you do. And basically all we can do is tell them, show them the way to heaven, and the way to heaven is Jesus. And if they won't believe, then that's a problem for them. These ways lead to different places. One is above and the other is below. One is heaven and the other is hell. So which way are you traveling? Jesus gave us an example as well. Enter at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few that find it. When we look across this world, we see millions of people that are absolutely not finding the narrow gate and they're wrapped up in some other religion. And I heard someone say once, and, uh, and it may be true, I don't know, that the Lord wanted us to go and evangelize the Muslims, and I'm sure that, uh, that he does, but and since we won't go to them, now they're coming here. That's, I've heard that. I don't know whether it's true or not, but I do know one thing. They are hard-hearted, some of them, and they will give you lots of problems when you try to talk to them about Christ. The wise person sees to it that he's traveling the way of life and it leads to heaven. So are you the wise are foolish. And again, a, the biblical illustration given to us is about the man who built his house upon the sand and the man who built his house upon the rock. And the rains came, and you know what happened. The house built upon sand failed, and it failed miserably. The house built upon the rock stood. And we have the, the example in the Bible of the ten virgins. Some took oil in their lamp, and some did not. And when the bridegroom came, it was too late. And that's what will happen to a lot of the people in this world. It will be too late. And they and if Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says, Watch, you know not the day or the hour when the Son of Man comes, is coming. And we don't know how long we're going to be in this world either. I remember years ago, in front of, you know where Barton Baptist Church is, on the corner. Truck come across one way, 
pickup truck another went under it. Driver was beheaded. In an instant, he, he was absolutely doing, going, going about his daily chores, probably going to work at that time in the morning that it happened, and drove right under that semi as he'd come through the intersection. So we never know when our time comes, when our time will come. Uh, personally, I put my death in the hands of the Lord. I, I don't know when it's going to be. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even speculate. But when it, be, when it happens, I expect it to go to be with the Lord. I remember the experience of salvation that I had that was it was wonderful and joyous and it changed me. I uh, went to work at the fire station the next morning and being a brand new Christian, how long do you think before the Lord allowed somebody to notice there was a difference? I wasn't there 20 minutes and somebody asked me something and I gave them an answer and I don't even remember what it was and a fellow at the other end of the table says you've become a Christian because <laughs> he, he, he saw right away there was something different and it wasn't the difference wasn't me the difference was Christ Amen. but that's the kind of experience that we need to have uh like I say, it was joyous and wonderful. And, you know, and I, I, I wish I could care, have carried that uh, joy and that wonder with me to that extent that I had it in that day. And I've asked many times for the Lord to return to me that joy. To, but uh, it hasn't happened often. The way of life is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. And I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Then in 1 John, we find that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, and he who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Now, that's a pretty plain statement. And it, it, it describes what it's like to be saved. You have the, it, there's just one way, just one way to the Father, God the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. Just one way to heaven. By nature, we're all spiritually but dead. The Bible is very clear on this. In John chapter 5, verse 40, Jesus said, You're not willing to come to me that you may have life. There is a great tenderness in that verse on the part of Jesus and a great tragedy in that verse on man's part. Jesus was not claiming to be the Son of God just to receive the praise and the glory of man. It was because he knew they were spiritually dead and in need of a Savior. 
Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's all of us. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the scriptures tells us we will get into heaven by the skin of our teeth. But if it takes the skin of our teeth to get there, I'm, I am all, I'm all for it. And I know who my Savior is. And I know that you do too. King David wrote in Psalm 51, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Now, King David was not confessing his mother's sins, but his own sin. He's saying that his sin goes back to the very moment of his conception. He is claiming to be a great sinner. We all are great sinners. We all have an inborn will to choose sin. An old, we have an old sin nature, if you will. And every person knows that he or she come short of moral perfection. And those who claim otherwise are foolish. I don't know, I may have told you this before. A friend of mine was uh, with a, another denomination at the time. And some of the men were claiming, standing around claiming that how long it had been since they sinned. You know, somebody raised in a Baptist church is just, you, you know, you, you want to jump on it. Because the Bible says that he who is without sin, claims to be without sin, is actually a fool. It's a foolish thing to do. And it had an old Baptist man stand there, and it wasn't me, it was somebody else, and said, the Bible says that he who says he is without sin is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Amen. There was a long, long silence. <laughs> but these were young men, and I hopefully, hopefully one day they'll learn the difference. Talked to a missionary from India one time. I, he, I spent about a day with him, and And he said, and I think this is his story. I, I remember it. I, it may have been something I read, or it may have been a story. But he told me so many things about the, being a missionary in India. He said he never once heard a man decide that defy. De, never once heard a man deny that he was a sinner. And he was preaching and. It was a Brahmin, which is a high caste Indian, I understand. And he says, I deny your premise of premise. I am not a great sinner. Long silence. And the missionary said, But what do your neighbors say? And one of them says, You've treated a you've cheated a a woman out of her house. Another one said, He trade he cheated me out in a horse trade. And the Brahmin got up and walked out and never came back. You can deny that you're a sinner if you want to, but 
it's not so. We're all sinners. And we all sin, and because of sin, we're spiritually dead. We need to come back to the way of life, which is to get into a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. For apart from him, there is no life. So how do we do that? It has to do with what we believe about Jesus Christ. The verse that tells us this is John chapter 5, verse 24. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. If we are to know the way of life, we must begin by hearing the message of the gospel where Jesus himself declares that the life has been provided I'm going to have to put on my glasses. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's a little better. If we are to know the way of life, we must begin by hearing the message of the gospel where God himself declares that life has been provided in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. We must hear God's words and believe what he says. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't it wonderful to be one of the whosoevers? Whosoever meaneth me, the old song says, song says, and it does. It's a wonderful position to be in to know that when you die, you're not just going to be planted in the ground, that you're going to be with the Lord. We must believe the, the fact that Jesus Christ has come and lived and died to put away sin and that he lives now and forever. We must believe that he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he lives to make intercession for them. And that's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25. And the key word is faith. This is the first step into the way of life, but do not believe it. Do you believe about Jesus Christ? The next way is to come to Christ. The verse that tells us this is John chapter 5, verse 40. But you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. Jesus was speaking to some very hard-hearted people who had physical life but not spiritual life. They refused the new life that the, he wanted to give them. They turned their backs on him. They needed to repent but would not. So the second step we must take, we are to, on a if we're to travel on the way of life, is to come to Christ in repentance. We need to seek the Lord where and while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55, 6. And 
I always amazes me when I read the Gospels that the very people that Jesus came to save, the Jewish people, by far most of them rejected him. And it's a sad thing, and we know one day that they will. And we don't know when that day is. But it's, it's a sad thing to me that they looked for the Messiah for so long. And then when he showed up, mm -mm, that's not him, they said, most of them. Now, we also know the early church was all Jewish. And uh, that's wonderful, too. But one day they will all know him. The way of life is to trust in Jesus Christ. And the verse that tells us this is John chapter 4, verse 14. And the key word here is reception. Then whoever drinks of the, of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. I can remember also this experience of my salvation, and it was like that. It was like a, a, and it was a physical feeling of the, like water flowing in my chest and in my, through my body. And I guess that was maybe the Holy Spirit washing me clean. I don't know. But whatever it was, was wonderful. From this verse, we learn that believing is not just a matter of the head, but a matter of the heart as well. We are to believe in the facts about Christ and trust in Christ. In other words, receive him to drink of the water that the Lord gives. A thirsty man can believe that a well is full of water, but if he doesn't drink, it doesn't do him any good. In a similar manner, we have to receive the life, the life that Christ offers. John chapter 7, verse 37. And if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, Jesus said. But as many as to receive him, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. And he is Lord and Savior. There is no other. And those who look for something different, and the Jews still look for today for the Messiah, and there may be somebody that someday, body someday, raise up and say that he's the Messiah, but he, he won't be. Jesus said, "Look here and look there." But you, he, it won't. It'll be a false Messiah, basically. Next, the way of life is to feed on Christ, and this is kind of something that's hard, to, I guess, to communicate. And it's hard to understand. The verse that tells us this is John chapter 6, verse 57. And the key word is communion. As the Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. 
in this sixth chapter of John, Jesus declares himself to be the bread of life. And I'll share that with you. That's John chapter 6, verse 27. And he tells the, the people, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which in, endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has sent, set his seal on him. In verse 31, our fathers are the, ate the manna in the desert, and as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. In other words, you have to know him intimately. So the way of life is not only to believe about God, but is to come to him and trust him, but to feed on him as well. That is to go on receiving him as our life. We do this by communing with him in prayer and by reading his word, the Bible. And the way of life is also to follow after Christ. The verse that tells us this is John chapter 8, verse 12, and the key, key word here is discipleship. Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. A disciple is one who follows after the, the Lord as we do this, we receive the light of life. This is what the, the Lord promises and means, that the, that the Lord, who is our life and who is the light of it, illuminates our path through the world. Following Christ is more than just receiving life from him. It means getting in step with him and following him where he leads. And the old song is, remember the footsteps of Jesus sweetly, Lord, we've heard you calling, come follow me. And we see where the footsteps falling lead us to thee. So we follow Jesus. You'll only know him as the light of your life as you follow him day by day in discipleship. And the way of life is to live with Christ. The verse which tells us this is John chapter 14, verse 2. And the key word is heaven. And you've heard this word verse many, many times. Every time you went to a committal or a funeral, you probably heard it. And it's shared because of the comfort it gives. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself, that where you are, I, where I am, you may also be. This verse speaks of the end of our earthly life, for we shall all die. That's, uh, you know, the old saying is nothing sure in this world but death and taxes. <laughs> and it's tax time again. <laughs> it speaks of the beginning of the joy and the bliss of heaven where we shall ever be with the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to be gathered with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord, and therefore comfort one another with these words. Amen. The rapture of the church couldn't be too far off, I don't think. Amen. Uh, I may never see it, from you know, from this perspective anyway, but wouldn't it be wonderful to experience something like that? We look around in our world and we see Sickness and death and, and evil just by the scores. And to be able to go to the Lord in that manner and in that way would just absolutely be something wonderful. Of course, we don't know what, uh, it, it, there's got to be a lot of joy going to the, the Lord after you die, I'm quite sure. But we never know when the day's coming. So have you come, ever come to know Christ in this way? Believe about him, come to him, trust him. Feed upon him in his word to follow after him. So in the end, you can live with him. So again, the question this morning is, is which way are you traveling? The right way? The wrong way? Are you foolish or wise? Are you traveling to heaven? or otherwise. That is our message this morning. But I have something else I want to share with you. And it, uh, I, in going through some of my papers, I found one single sheet with a prayer on it. And I wrote this, I guess, some in 1998. And I don't remember anything about writing it but I know that it is a prayer that is just as good for today as it was in that day. And I'm sure I probably try, shared this with the church. But I'm going to ask the Lord to again accept this as our prayer this morning. And I, I hope you'll do that as well. And I want to share it with you. Dear God, our Heavenly Father. We know that you are the God of all history, who has raised up prophets and statesmen and soldiers and leaders to direct this country. 
and to direct your people according to your will. You have brought us through good times, bad times, and terrible times. We know you are the everlasting one, merciful, loving, and righteous. We do not know what the future holds, but we know that you hold the future, so we are not afraid. We learn from your word that when we have sinned and gone our own way, you're displeased with us, displeased with us, withhold the rain, send the floods and other calamities until we repent and return to you. Lord, we do this day bow before you in humble submission, repent of our grievous, terrible, and worthless sins. We pray for your forgiveness, blessings, and return to your favor. We pray that you once again will raise up godly prophets, statesmen, and soldiers and leaders to direct us. We pray that you will once again bless America. We pray that you will once again send the rain at the appropriate times, bless the crops of the fields that they will not cast their fruit become diseased or eaten by insects. We ask that you will bless and indwell us in this service. May your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And that is our service this morning. <laughs>